Welcome once again to another episode of Aging with Energy. We call it the Old Guys Travel Show. We're the old guys, Humble and Fred. Delighted to uh, include our sponsors, the Chamber Plan and the Retirement Sherpa. Could you tell where my head was at when you found me? Me and you went to hell and back just to find peace. Over the uh, course of this uh, podcast, we've talked about how in our early days of radio, neither of us got to really go away because of ratings. We were really never allowed to go away for longer than two weeks, and they discouraged that. They'd rather we went away a week at a time. And so going to Europe wasn't really that convenient. I went for the first time. Well, many years ago with our friend Dan Duran in 1982, but I didn't go back until 1994 with my dad. I went on a golf trip to Scotland, but then I, uh, from about 2016 until now, I've been to Europe five times in the last seven years, including uh, the last couple of years I was lucky enough. Now you, I mentioned on a previous podcast, because you had sort of, gotten to this stage a few years before me like i was quite fascinated by all the places you you went well you know it's uh, interesting you say that very interesting Howard, well, you know, too. Uh, because the first time i ever went to europe was 1982 but i went on a hockey trip with this hockey team cfny sent me david marsden uh, arranged that for me it was fantastic but i went alone and again with a hockey team austria germany um, it wasn't until 2000, I was 44 years old, that I actually got back to Europe mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, went to like Greece and France. But since then, yes, I've had many opportunities to go back. Well, including, as I mentioned on a previous show, that you had gotten to Italy mm-hmm. long before me. And, and man, I, my, so I was, uh, 19, it was 2021, and uh, my then-girlfriend... Rachel, she signed up for this thing called Home Swap, and it's kind of like the next generation of Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And it's an interesting thing, and people want to investigate it. Basically, you you give this you you it's an app that of course it's an app, and you register your home, and you put up how many weeks you want people to be able to stay at your place, and then you get credits for staying at their place. And it just so happened we got to stay. In Venice, Italy, she stayed there for almost a month. I was there for uh, close to two weeks. And we did Venice for most of that time. And then we did three or four days to Florence, which we'll talk about on another show. But I'd never been to uh, Italy. And I was fascinated by it. Venice especially. And where we got to stay. So there's, if people have been to Venice, there's the main area. You know, the where the canals are, and, and that's amazing. But we stayed on right across from it. I would say, I, I've never been able to figure out, it was probably half a kilometer away from the main part of Venice. And outside of the, um, what are those things called? The, you know, the things that you... you, you <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be great. You know, the things you go, you take the, they have the guys that row you. Oh, the gondola. Thank you. Right. So in Venice, you can get around on gondola through the right. uh, Grand Canal, it's called. You can also get around, as the Venetians do, on something called the Vaporetto, which is basically yeah. a small water bus. Now, where right. we were, 
about a you know a kilometer or three quarters of a kilometer away from Maine, Venice, was a, a strip of land called the Geodeca. And it's really, basically, you want to talk about living like a local. All it is are locals. You know, at one point it was described to us as kind of like the Brooklyn of Venice. There's a lot of young people, a lot of little, you know, grocery stores and shops. It's really, you know, you wouldn't likely go there. If you were visiting Venice, it wouldn't be one of the destinations because there's not much over there. There's a couple churches. There's a women's prison. There's one hotel. Well, women's prison? Oh, no, I know. <laughs> no, it's, it, the reason I mention it is because the, the women's prison was like right around the corner of, of where we were staying in this old, old apartment. You and, put on a dress and tried to get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know me so well. Um, but I liked it because... Because when you were on it, there were no tourists. I mean, we were tourists, but the, the, it was also during, you know, sort of year two of the pandemic. And we've mentioned this on other shows. The Italians were so respectful. Everyone would get on the Vaporetto. And it was a small craft that might hold 45 or 50 people maximum. So right. every time we would go to the main part of Venice, uh, we would have to get on the Vaporetto. And the thing is... It was really kind of a, a, a talk about it being absorbed in the culture. Some of the highlights for me, because we've talked recently about Italian food. Yes, there was amazing Italian food, but some of the little delicacies that uh, the locals, it's like uh, they're almost like their tapas or their sort of hors d'oeuvres, you would call it. They're called cicchetti. And every little bakery and every little restaurant makes these things and really what they are are sort of like little tiny squares of bread or a cracker and on it can be anything from like a little bit of shrimp with a couple of dollops of uh you know uh, pickled onion or uh, a bit of uh cheese and some some uh, uh capicola or something but they're little tiny things and and quite often, because Rachel was doing, she was actually doing her job. So I would go across on the Vaporetto and spend the afternoon just walking around Venice. Now, we have a dear friend, Dan Duran, who, beside being a great broadcaster, is an amazing photographer. And I remember the first couple of days I was there, I messaged him and I said, Dan, you know, I can't take a picture for shit, but every corner I turn around is a something like looks like a photograph like a fan like a perfect photograph and i was taking these pictures because you you can't imagine when you cross a tiny bridge over a canal and you look down the the uh, row of old houses or old, old apartments it, it really is mind-blowing no, i know it is yes i know you've been there yes i um, have been but most people also i mean they do you probably stayed like a couple of days right yeah, I think we stayed there three nights, and again, we had right. the standard little hotel room, which was very, very, very tiny, and it yes. was right in one of the mazes, which is another interesting thing about Venice. you got to really yes. keep track of where you are, or you get lost. You're like a little mouse in a maze. And that's what I did, is I would go over, you know, spend three or four hours with really not much to do other than just, I walked it. Now, we talk about aging with energy. I didn't find it a difficult walk. It's pretty flat. Yes. Um, the reason I mentioned that you did what most people would do, which is spend two or three days there. I was there for 10 days. So it's a lot. It's probably too many days. You know, we also went to Marino where they do the glass blowing. It's another little island. There's a couple other islands you can explore. But I stayed a lot in Maine, Venice. One of the highlights, of course, is St. Mark's Square. 
and, and and it's a huge square surrounded by you know this f- old old church and this was a great experience you know you, we were talking recently about you know how traveling can open up you know if you're lucky you can get an experience like you described about having a local make you dinner well we happen to be at St. Mark's Square on an afternoon when the local college was having their uh, convocation, their graduation ceremonies. It was just amazing. All these kids, you know, 18 to 22-year-old children, hundreds of them, and their families, and the stage was set up, and the whole thing was decorated. And it was a beautiful sunny day, and I said to Rachel, I said, let's just sit here and watch this for a while. And she said, fine. And so I sat down and they have these restaurants that circle the St. Mark's Square, all of them. And I said, let's just have a coffee and something. She sort of said, "Okay, if you want to. I'm like, what? She warned me that it was uh, we had a we both had a small coffee and they gave you like a little biscotti and it was twenty two bucks. But but that's fine. Worth it. It was worth it. Um. We did little day trips to, you know, we spend the morning at a a different section. We walked all around, uh, you know, but there is a universality of food. But this chiquetti is different in every little neighborhood. So I would sample it. Um, And I didn't, you know, I don't speak a lot of Italian, but I spoke enough to order that a few different times on my own. And like I said, it was one of my favorite things to eat. The other thing I would tell you, because now that I remember the word gondola, Two quick things before we uh, shut down. We did, uh, I'm not much of a museum goer, but Rachel uh, loves it. And she took me to this thing. It's the Guggenheim Museum. It's, uh, I can't remember the woman's first name, but she's the famous Guggenheim. Pardon me? Crazy Guggenheim? Crazy. (laughs) Your first name was Crazy Guggenheim. A famous uh, family and uh, it was fa- it was basically that woman's the Guggenheim woman's home that they had turned into a museum. And she was an art collector. She was a big fan of Jackson Pollock, who most people have heard of. And so in this museum were some famous Pollocks. And that was, by the way, the picture of the guy on the horse with the boner that I sent all you guys. Oh, right. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> so, oh, Peggy, Peggy Guggenheim. And to be in her home, which is this massive mansion right on one of the Grand Canals, you know, you, you got a, a sense of what life was there, was like there in the 40s. And, and when she was, you know, one of the richest families on earth and she was supporting all these artists. And it really was, again, not that I have to go into that many museums, but it was fascinating because it was a museum that used to be somebody's home. And I... I think anyone would enjoy it because you get, again, a chance to see what life was like there for somebody who was rich a long time ago. You know, um, something you said, uh, you were there for 10 days and some might argue that's too long or whatever. You know, I don't think that ever applies because we went, Dahl and I went to Amsterdam for a week once. And before we went, people went, wow, it's seven days in Amsterdam. It's what you make of it. Mm Mm-hmm. And again, we went with the attitude, we're going to pretend we live in Amsterdam and loved the entire week. Yes. So, you know, for, so that perspective, it, it's all on you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And then, but you can, be bored, you can be bored in two days or not want to go home after two weeks. I mean, really. The reason I brought it up is I've told a few people that we spent that much time in, uh, in, in uh, Venice and they're all like, what? What did you, you know, what did you do there? Well, I just sort of lived there. You know, I went shopping. That's why I say where I stayed, the Geodeca, is a place that most people who visit Venice 
would have would have no reason to go over across that canal across the ocean. I um, have one emotional uh, Venice note, Howard. Whilst we were there, it was our 25th anniversary, and you talk about the glass blowing and a lot of glass shops there. Elise and I went into this shop. We saw this beautiful little multicolored chandelier. Wow. And the glass pieces were actually like pieces of fruit. And um, she loved it so much, we bought it and had it shipped home. Wow. And we still, that hangs in the house to this day. And further than that, when, it, when we shipped it, when we had it shipped home, we opened the box and some of the pieces were broken. And I thought, oh, that's a pain in the ass. You know, I got a hold of the guy who, who sold it to me and he sent me more pieces like within two weeks. Come on. Yeah. Amazing. Story, isn't it? Isn't that it, it is. A, it's a beautiful story. And lastly, you know, everyone goes there and uh, they want to they see the gondolas. That's very famous. And, you know. Uh, we didn't do that, but we got a tip from a local that if you wanted to get on a gondola, because it is kind of cool. And let me just back up and say, if you want to take a tour of the Grand Canal, which is basically uh, a canal that goes all the way through the city of Venice, what you do is you get on, you ask a local, you get on the Vipretto, which is this water bus, and it actually goes all the way through the canal. Now, it stops like a bus does, but it's like right. it's like a couple euro versus, mm-hmm. you know, I can't remember what the gondola ride, but it's oh, pretty it's expensive. Crazy. It's like hundreds of dollars or something. It really isn't worth it. Um, but what what I got a little tip was so where the Plaza San Marco is, is uh, is on San Marco, this section of Venice right across is the Academia, which is a famous, um, you know, institute. And what you can for a couple of, you know, euros it's about a, uh, I don't know, 500-yard gondola ride. I told Dan Duran to do this. And you basically get on the gondola, and it sort of ferries you across to the next section. And that was plenty of gondola for me. I did it a couple of times because it's convenient. Because if you don't do that, you have to walk all the way around to get to that right. section. But right. I would tell you, it, it, and it just if you go there, ask somebody about that. Because it will give you a sense of what it's like being on the gondola, which is cool. But right. you know, I, I never went on one actually. I didn't either because uh, I didn't want to spend a hundred dollars. One thing we did do again, you were talking about that little treat that you enjoyed while you were there. Yeah, the gelato too. I remember oh, yeah. well in uh, in Venice, the different flavors and how rich and good it was. Um, one last thing before we close, I was there in November, so yeah, it was a bit cool at times. Not terrible, but cool. People tell me though. That it's a and and not that populated, not as many tourists. I've seen pictures of what the place looks like in July, and that would not be my recommendation for going there, because I never had to. I mean, I went to the the downtown part, whatever the square, one time on a Saturday, and it was a completely different experience. Oh yeah, I was there in July, I believe, and it was quite quite crowded yeah it's quite crowded all right there you have it another episode of aging with energy the old guys travel show once again brought to you by our friends the chamber plan and a retirement sherpa 